to tell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, black and smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the podcast whose national bird is dust. (laughs) It's Thanksgiving in July as we continue our season of visiting old friends. So for today's episode, we're aiming a spoonful of squash back to 1988 for another very special two-part episode of ALF. Remember ALF? He's back in (laughs) podcast form. (laughs) And this is Turkey in the Straw. I am fondly remembering when we used to take baths together, Mike Westfall. <laughs> and, and joining me, because he's still got room in at least one of his eight stomachs after devouring an entire raw turkey and half of a sweet potato pie, it's Jamie Killsby. Hey, Jamie. Hey, happy fappy, everybody. Happy fappy on. Thanks <laughs> here so much it is. for having me back, Mike. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Also here, after I caught him in my garage wearing the monogrammed Italian sweater my wife got me for our anniversary, (laughs) it's Chad Young. Hello, Chad. I was also wearing a hat. Also wearing a hat. Hat. (laughs) You know, that's not our show. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. That's someone else's show. Sorry, Mike and Joe. You're crossing the Podby streams. Yes. (laughs) Could still be wearing a hat. This is not a no hat zone. Yeah, hats are not OVP exclusives, but they can be. It's not not middle school here. You could have hats. You could there it is. Hat. And here to perform a special presentation of Das Cornucopia from the opera Der Feaster Famine. It's Tommy Coombs. Hi, Tom. Hey, I'm just over here uh, ruining your feather dusters and your belts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. A glittery pink belt, by the way. It's his best belt. Did you notice when they zoomed in? It was it was weird. It was like tie-dye i didn't realize that it's like honky-tonk man's belt <laughs> it is a honky-tonk man belt yeah you're right yeah. i need to go back and screen cap that all right well thank you all for once again gathering around the thanksgiving in july table this two-part holiday episode of alf is a bit less heavy than the christmas one i covered but only slightly yeah heavy i i, I saw that you did the, the uh christmas episode i mean how i've read a little bit about you know, the troubles on set, and I hate to, to stop you so, so early, Mike. We've only barely introduced this at all. But, oh, please. Uh, Do you know how many times we've done this and we haven't even started? Look, if we don't get off topic, is it a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no. So, so I've, I've read a few articles, and there's a lot out there that uh, you guys can seek out if you're, if you're interested in this. But everyone who was on this show uh, considers it to be a nightmare. No, yeah. almost nobody mm-hmm. has a positive recollection of it. And, uh, well, a lot of the reports say it was way too hot in there. It was like mm-hmm. 90 degrees. Wow. And also there were holes all over the floors behind the couches and behind places you couldn't see them. So the puppeteer could climb in. So regularly people were falling into the holes and banging up their shins and stuff. So everybody's having a really terrible time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you watch Alf, think about that. Think, you know, think about them having a terrible time. <laughs> yeah. And just, and 
I think Tina Fey years later when she was helping produce like a special for NBC, she ended up saying like, yeah, the, the worst people to deal with were the ALF people because of just how demanding and stressful Paul Fusco and all that stuff can be, unfortunately. Well, that's a shame. Well, that comes with great art, man. ALF is great. Well, that's yeah. True. I mean, it takes a lot to it takes a lot to produce something like this. Absolutely. And that's fair. But let's get into our histories with this episode in particular. Did you watch this as a kid or did you discover it later as an adult? And we will start with you, Chad. So, I, I, I mean, I watched ALF all the time. I don't remember if I had seen this two-parter at the time, but I know, like, I, I, I've, I've caught it in recent years. Um, you know, and, like, before we even came on, I, I was telling you guys, I was like, I feel like we've I've done this before. And I... I must have just watched it last year. I don't know, but you know, I, I I certainly have caught it multiple times in you know last ten fifteen years or so. Mm-hmm. Jamie, I know you'd seen this one before. Well, yeah, like I was saying before we started here, uh, started recording. This is a yearly uh, November watch through. This go this is this goes right up there with uh the WKRP in Cincinnati Turkeys Away. Yep. This is up there with the King of the Hill episodes. This is up there with Plane Trains mm-hmm. and Planes Trains and Automobiles. This is an every year kind of thing for me. Um as a kid, I, I on the realm of a uh, nostalgia uh social media posters, I'm definitely on the younger end. So I I did not see Alf as a kid. I was aware of who he was, but okay. I was a little bit too young to to care to find out. Uh but you know yeah, the last 10 years, I would say we watch it every th- every uh, Thanksgiving season. Okay. Tommy, what about you? Um, when I was a kid, I think I've seen episode of Elf at least once, but I don't remember anything about them except for I remember one time I was watching an episode of Elf and it was uh, when it was in syndication and there was a preview for Child's Play 3 <laughs> and I got scared. I never watched Elf again. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I also have a question for you guys. So when it comes to the uh, opening credits, do you like the elf running around with the camera to the the fast doctor's office music or him showing the (laughs) sizzle reel best of with the deep, the smooth jazz music? Got to be smooth jazz for me. Got to be smooth jazz. I'm with you 100 percent. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to as well. I forgot. Yeah, Uh, the both both. It, it the newer version of the intro, which is the one we see here in season three, is yes. better than the previous, both in audio and in video. I mean, it seems more like that first one is so uh, hodgepodge, but it, even the song is way groovier here, man. I prefer the the um, him running around with the camera. That's my personal one, but I think they're both pretty good. No one's scared because you, you see standing Elf. Yes. Oh, that's true. It's like <laughs> yeah. the rare, the rare times where you see Kermit's legs, and it's right. real special. Yeah, or Gerbert's legs. Oh, oh. oh, we're bringing Gerbert up. No, we're not talking Gerbert. No. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Let's talk Gerbert. No, we're not doing Gerbert. Well, I definitely saw this episode as a kid because I remember seeing David Ogden Styers and going, "Hey, that's the guy from Mash." Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Who was he in Mash? He was uh, the major. Okay. Uh, what was his name? Uh, major Charles Winchester. The third. 131 episodes. You spent yeah. some time with that uh, in, in the hospital, Chad. You you only watch <laughs> Mash in the hospital these days. I mean, I hate to tell you. I, I, you know, what's funny is I never watched Mash before, but like when I was in the hospital for a couple of days, I, I, 
for some reason it was on and I just kind of left it on. So sure. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. It's a vibe. Yeah. It's what you do when mesh is on. You just kind of leave it. Yeah. No, but like before when I was a kid, like it would usually be on before like Batman or Star Trek or whatever. And I would never watch it, but you know, just left it on when I was at my most recent stay. So he also plays the owner of the park in regular show. He's, he's not a, he's not as often seen as like uh, the other character. Regular show is awesome by the way, but yeah, he's the owner of the park. He's in a good amount of episodes. I say about 20. He's not the gumball. No, 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 no. That's that. That's like the manager of the park. Oh, okay. uh, he, he's the owner. He plays this old, like crotchety character. Uh, okay. Dr. Maylard, Mr. Maylard, something like that. Okay. So I was watching this chat and I saw him. I, and first I thought he was Waylon Jennings. Cause he reminded <laughs> me of Waylon Jennings from follow that bird. <laughs> and uh, Chad was reading off to, to me. He was like, he was in mash. I'm like, okay, I don't know. Was, and then he said, he was in uh, Beauty and the Beast. He was Cogsworth. Yep. I was like, oh, it's David Ogden Stiers. Yeah, he, he got it like right then and there. Which one is Cogsworth again? The clock. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Wow, this dude goes back. All right, nice. So the whole time <laughs> we're watching this, like the first episode, he's like, I know he looks like someone. I don't know who it is. And I'm like, he, you know who I think he probably reminded both of us of? And we couldn't figure it out at the time is um, Burt Young from Rocky. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's who we both were thinking of. Okay. Also, uh, Max Wright looks like he's holding back like the anger, like he's ready to snap at any moment. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's every episode of Elf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's every episode. Especially this is season three. Oh yeah, he's lost it. They're done. They're done with this. Yeah, they've all banged their shins. On the last episode, he apparently, when the last shot was taken, he just went to his dress room, got his bags, and <laughs> <laughs> then he became Norm McDonald's boss on uh, on the Norm on McDonald's the Norm show. show yes. oh, sheesh. So, as mentioned, Turkey and the Straw was a two-part episode, but instead of airing it as an hour-long special, NBC split this one up on back-to-back nights mm. on November 14th and 15th, 1988. Do we know on the calendar? Uh, it's a Monday and a Tuesday. Okay, so it's not Thanksgiving. No, it's the week before. Oh, the week before. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I do like it. Does feel kind of special. You're right. Having to tune back in the next day. Do we know if there's a big ratings drop off or or anything between day one and day two? Ooh, good question. Uh, you know, let me look <laughs> to the internet. Okay. I can't see NBC risking this on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's true. Uh, when you first brought it up, I was like, oh, it'd be great if it was on Thanksgiving night. But no, they're not. I don't I don't think anybody's do, putting anything on TV besides Charlie Brown. They kept it at an even 18 on both nights. Oh, OK. Brought him back. Nice. Yeah. And it helped that uh, part two was followed by what I believe is the network television premiere of the Karate Kid part two. Ooh, sweet. What a night. Jeez, Chad, that is a big night, brother. That's a very big night. I mean, it's not Karate Kid 3, but it's... Still- <laughs> yeah, well, what is? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No, that's true. That's kind of a Thanksgiving movie in spirit. I I, I suppose. I'm <laughs> thankful for karate and kicks. Definitely. There it is. <laughs> but let's dig into Thanksgiving at the Tanners. And if you want to watch this yourself, both parts of Turkey and the Straw are on the official ALF TV YouTube channel, thanks to Shout Factory TV. Those links are in the show notes. 
You can also watch this on Peacock. It is in season three, episodes seven and eight. You might get better resolution on the Peacock version. I kept trying to read what was on Lynn's T-shirt and I couldn't figure it out. Oh, I gave up. Yeah, it was. It looked like a weird AI generated like Russian <laughs> text. Or something. I could, I'm like, damn. So we open in the kitchen as Alf asks Willie and Kate if he's ever told them about Thanksgiving on Melmac. And Willie assures him he has. Willie, for some reason, is wearing a bucket hat indoors. Sure. (laughs) As was the style at the time. He's a pioneer, a fashion pioneer. Ready to go fishing. But Alf launches into it anyway. And if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, you might remember Melmac's equivalent of Thanksgiving was called Fapiano. Papiano. Sure. Named after somebody who uh, had some work on the production of the show, correct? Like yeah, that. the assistant puppeteer for Alf, Bob Fapiano. Bob mm. Fapiano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mentioned him back when we were talking about a Thanksgiving tale. Uh, oh, we, we don't we don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> One and done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but if you're a fan of Alf, you owe it to yourself to check out Paul Fusco's early stuff at least once. That's great. I like it. I go to bat for it. Yeah. I don't know if it's like high stakes content, but you could take a great nap to that stuff. There you go. Mm. Yeah. But now let's hear Alf tell us about Fapiano. Thanksgiving on Melmac wasn't called Thanksgiving. It was called Fapiano. And we didn't eat turkey. Instead, we sat down to a nice, big, juicy stuff. Time out. We know exactly what you're going to say, Alf, and you know that we find that offensive. Was the implication that he was going to say the P word there? That's what I thought too. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. That's what you. That's what you got from that. He's going to say cat. Yeah, but the, he talks about eating cats all the time, and they never stop him. I was like, she stopped him, like he was going to say a naughty word. Well, Willie says cat, big, juicy stuff, cat. that's what he sounds like and Alf hits back but now we'll never know will we we'll never know he adds I'm always partial to the dark meat and same Alf oh okay well it turns out Alf is partial to all dark meats because Kate takes the turkey out of the fridge and it doesn't seem as heavy as it should because Alf ate it Mm oh You would think after two years of living with Alf, you'd put some kind of lock on your fridge. He definitely sort of like uh, walked the line of house guest and wild animal. Mm. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, I have a habit of doing that, too, to be fair. Yeah. Chad's just like that. It's great. <laughs> but we love him. It's awesome. But Willie and his quiet, extremely angry, but trying to not explode voice points at Alf and says, that is the worst thing you have ever done. <laughs> And Alf makes a good point here. He says, Willie, every time you say that, it loses more impact. Mm. Yeah, uh, <sighs> Why are you sighing already, Chad? I'm sighing already. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Turning into Tom Likas again. Oh, dear. You're exasperated. I think we've been, I think we're five minutes in. You're exasperated, pal. <laughs> um, I, I, it's kind of, to be fair, this special is kind of exhausting. <laughs> I love it. I will go to bat for it. It goes places. Yeah. The, I think it's, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. For now, Alf explains he was trying to follow tradition. On Fapiano, you ate from the time you got up until all the presents were opened. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is why Christmas confuses him. His gift-giving tree-decorating holiday is Fapiano. Mm-hmm. That, you're right. That is interesting. I hadn't considered that. I'm all for giving gifts on Thanksgiving. I think we need to start doing that. I give myself a gift of a long, hard 
open mouth nap on the couch while everyone's still over. Yes. Every, oh, every year. Yeah. <laughs> That's the gift I give myself on Falpiano every year. Thanksgiving every year. I like it. Need a nap. Well, Willie puts on his coat and prepares to go out to look for another turkey on Thanksgiving. Good luck, my man. I feel like that's a, that's often the go-to um, crux about Thanksgiving story, and in, in, in you know, yeah, that happens a lot. We're out of turkeys on Thanksgiving. We got to go find one. Yep. I do think though that it's easier these days to find one. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are more prepared for something like this to happen. Yeah. Elf, out of turkeys. Well, that's the cold open. We come back after the opening theme to find it's a rainy Thanksgiving morning. And I had to stop and check. Was that the year it snowed on Thanksgiving in New Jersey in the Philly area? It was not. Oh. It was the following Thanksgiving on 89. Do y'all remember that? Okay. Yes. Because here's why. A couple of years ago, I posted um, a video of the 1989 Thanksgiving parade on the Horror Movie Barbecue Facebook page. Oh, yes. And someone who was there commented Whoa. that it was snowing that day. Mm-hmm. And they said that it was like really freezing, really cold, but it was really a good show. So, you know, they stayed probably longer than they really wanted to. That's usually how I remember for some reason that it snowed at the 80, 89 uh, Thanksgiving. I want to give a special shout out to the horror movie barbecue Facebook page, because that really was really quickly was my introduction to this world long before I had even heard of dinosaur Dracula or wow. any of the wow. hard hitters wow. that I found it through the horror movie barbecue Facebook page. That's how I entered this weird world of, of people who post pictures of Doritos all day and stuff like that. That is me. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you. My parents had Thanksgiving at our house in 1989, which we didn't often do, but my cousins came over. I remember playing football in the snow. I don't have a lot of Thanksgiving memories before that year. I was nine that year, Mm -hmm. and it stands out because it's the earliest I remember seeing snow. Mm. No kidding. That's magical. Interesting. Yeah. But the Tanners live in the San Fernando Valley, so they're not seeing snow on Thanksgiving anytime soon. It was a big deal Mm. this year when they got snow at all. Yeah, yeah, kind of strange, wasn't it? Yeah. Meanwhile, in Jersey, it was like a very mild uh, winter or very mild Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm bummed out, dude. I got I got ripped off of my. I, I want like one good snow day a year. Didn't get one. Wow. Oh, I feel ripped, dude. This was my first season away from Rochester, so I got to tell you, it, it's kind of nice to not have a lot of snow again. But at the same time, I. The, I kind of miss having a snow day where I don't have to go anywhere. True. You know, but it was kind of nice not to be, you know, stuck in like three feet of snow on a regular day. Yeah, I don't miss that. No. Well, I've been working home. I've been working from home since the pandemic. So I've been having a snow day for the last three years. There it is. And uh, on hot days and cold days. And it does start to get you for a while. But uh, I just wanted to add, um, in the realm of the Tanners and Snow Days, if you follow the canonical storyline of Alf that led into Project Alf, mm. the Tanners moved to Iceland. Oh, uh, yeah. For a better schooling system. So that's where they are now. That's why they didn't appear in Project Alf. But, okay. Um, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Well, they get their snow days there. They do. So it's raining outside as Alf is inside helping young Brian rehearse a Thanksgiving pageant. Me thinks it prudent to organize an expedition. And he tells Brian he needs to emote. You're a pilgrim. 
too storm-tossed months at sea, you're weak, you're hungry, you want to strangle your travel agent. <laughs> this was the moment, I, I was re-watching the episode, like I said, I watch it every year, but I was. this is the moment here where I was like, Alf's a good show. This is funny. <laughs> yes. This is funny stuff. Because a lot, he, I think Alf is a character since he's a puppet and he's an alien, he can sort of um, speak and have mannerisms in ways that uh, human characters and other sitcoms can't. So you you go back and you watch and you go, that's actually pretty genuinely funny. Like he's a, he's a real smart ass. Yeah. Here's when Kate comes out to set the dining room table and asks Brian if he wants a snack. And he replies, no, thanks, mom. I have to be weak and hungry. That That's the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Alf, on the other hand, could use a nosh, he says, and helps himself to an apple on Kate's cornucopia display, only to discover it's wax. My second favorite, you know that fruit is wax, joke in a holiday show. What's your first? <laughs> yeah, I got it, yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> They're at Scrooge's nephew Fred's party uh, during Christmas present, and uh, Rizzo helps himself to an apple. Or Ooh. No, I think it's grapes in that one, and Gonzo says, you know that's wax, right? Sheesh, you're right. It's weird that uh, Alf didn't continue to eat it and or enjoy it because, like, after all the stuff he's eaten on this show and made on this show. That's true. Because mm-hmm. remember when he, he made, like, the pan, the toothpaste cake uh, for <laughs> <That's> them? <right. laughs> that was the episode where he was, like, uh, getting it with a blind woman. Oh. Well, that would be – imagine if there was somebody – because you know what the show didn't have for sure. I'm, be- I'm betting. I'm betting. I mean, if I've ever read anything about it. But Writers. Uh, yeah, writers. <laughs> no, uh, I'm thinking script supervisor. Somebody who walks around well, and says, oh, well, back in hmm. episode six, Alf did this. So we can't have that. They were just doing whatever worked for the bit at the moment. You yeah, know? I, I don't think it was quite that uh, strict. No. If your job was to be the script supervisor to make sure that Alf did everything canonically and lined up with what he did in the past, you would be in a mental institution, I think. That's a great job. Most of the cast was they end up in one after this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're right. Well, Kate says maybe next year she'll buy a wax turkey and Alf tells her the turkey's gone. I can't bring it back. Well, maybe I can. If I can remember which stomach is in. Mm. Um. So who remembers how many stomachs Alf has? Ooh, eight. He has eight stomachs. You said a thousand. Tom gets the point. I did say a thousand. <laughs> I was. I wish. I guess I was going to say nine. I would have been. Oh, like, you would you have know. been close. Yeah, yeah, I would have been pretty close. He has eight stomachs. He tries to cough up the turkey, but Kate tells him, "Don't bother." And here's where the storm outside starts to get a little worse. Was thunder and lightning. I wonder what's keeping Willie. He thinks it prudent to organize an expedition. <laughs> Brian comments it's raining cats and dogs, and Alf excitedly shouts, Open the skylight! I'll get the relish! Yeah. So, um, I guess Fapiano, uh, the turkeys are treated like hot dogs, which I like. Oh. A turkey dog. I'm down for a turkey dog. Yeah. We'll learn that for the end. Okay. <laughs> we routinely get turkey kielbasa just to have. Ooh, good idea. Yeah, man. I'm going to get some for the fridge. Well, right about here is where the Tanner's neighbor, Raquel Akmonic, comes to call. Hey, we have got to do something. The bum is back. Was Trevor out of town? No, why? Ugh, Miss Seinfeld. Yes, yes. Whoa, nice. Good catch. <laughs> Liz Sheridan, who would go on to play Jerry's mama. Can, real quick, can I touch on that? I, yeah. I remember when the Seinfeld finale happened. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what talk show, maybe it was like Ricky Lake or, or like Sally Jones. I don't know. 
but they had a bunch of like Seinfeld like co-stars and all that. And someone had asked, you know, whoever like it was like Liz Sheridan, uh, her husband on the show, like the soup Nazi, like those kind, like Banya, those okay. characters. And someone asked, what did everyone else do before Seinfeld? And she said, Alf, and the entire um, audience just starts applauding and cheering. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. hell yeah, dude, that rules. I had forgotten that she was the neighbor. This was like 98. And I for- sure. completely forgot. Okay, naturally, like right away, she's kind of a really nasty lady. Yeah. Because she she's she's this bum, this bum, this. Oh, yeah. She's really, really hateful of, uh, you know, our sightings of our uh, our homeless guy here. Yeah. But she's also quick to invite the neighbors over um, for Thanksgiving. So it's she's your classic nosy neighbor. And she's one of those classic nosy neighbors who knocks on the back kitchen door. Mm, go to jail immediately. <laughs> she's yeah. no Iola Boyland. Oh, God. From mom family. Well, who is? There's always a door in the kitchen, which I get for logistical set reasons. You need an entry and exit point from that side of the stage. But so many neighbors coming in from the kitchen. Can I tell you? Uh, So my roommate that I'm staying with now, they actually have a door on their sun porch that leads into their kitchen as well. My brother has one. He lives in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. But do neighbors just mosey on in and... and walk right in with i mean well the backyard i mean you can't really enter anywhere through their backyard because there's like a fence in the back but they i guess that's a bad example but (laughs) (laughs) hey you've tried pal and that's what matters on thanksgiving that's what matters on let's try there it is but raquel has come over to warn kate about this bum who's been snooping through people's garbage cans and quote depreciating property values Mm. Y'all have neighbors who complain about property values. You know, they don't do it to me because I'm the one who's depreciating. It. You know, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they, say, they do it to each other. But yeah. Anytime I hear it, I think, oh, are you trying to move? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Kate understands now. Oh, you saw a homeless person. Oh, did you? And Raquel argues he could very well have a home somewhere, but prefers to be a nuisance in our neighborhood. Yes, that's what people who have homes do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, another thing that they could do is uh, invite their fr- their neighbors over for a Fapiano. They like could. She does here. Yes, she does. Yeah. When Willie returns home, she does because Raquel. Well, first she thinks it's the bum. She insists on calling him because Willie wears a similar floppy old hat and crummy old trench coat. I like Willie's trench coat. I do, too. Unfortunately, Willie wasn't able to find a turkey. All he could get was a half dozen frozen Cornish game hens. I don't think I've ever had frozen Cornish game hen. You've never had one. They're actually not bad. I've I've never either. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're not bad. They're pretty good. Honk. (laughs) (laughs) I had to look it up. I wasn't familiar with Cornish Game Hen, but it turns out the Cornish Game Hen is a cross between Cornish Chicken and White Plymouth Rock Chicken. So it wouldn't be entirely inappropriate to have on Thanksgiving if you couldn't find a turkey, I guess. So I've actually had those before, and they're actually really good. You know what? I feel like. A lot of people will do them for Thanksgiving if they can't get a turkey or they don't okay. want to spend that much on a turkey. But I also feel like a lot of people are going to do it on Easter. Mm. 
which kind of makes sense. Okay. But they're pretty good. They're not bad. I'm sure. Yeah. But these hens are frozen solid, and Raquel pipes in, oh, why don't you just ask to have Thanksgiving in our house? Two o'clock, bring the kids, a hearty appetite, and your own chairs. Yeah, that's what Willie sounds like. The Tanners are reluctant, but appreciative. He sounds like a whinier Larry David and not as charming. <laughs> yeah, that's nailed it. I was going to say, that was that was like a good, uh, that was a good, like, Tina Belter impression you did there. Uh, <laughs> Six of one. Nice compliment I've ever received. Well, Kate goes to get the sweet potato pie she made, but surprise, that's gone too. Thanks, Alf. Ugh, gross. And we're back to checking each of his stomachs again. But Alf admits he ate the pie before the turkey, and only half of it he gave the other half to Ed. Or at least that's what Alf is calling the aforementioned bum. He never met him, but Alf says he looks like an Ed. Yeah. <laughs> He, he kind of does. Yeah. Ed Gein, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Well, thank you. Alf goes on to explain he gave him some food and some of Willie's clothes, but nothing he assumed Willie would miss, unless he was really in love with a certain turquoise Italian sweater that Kate gave Willie for their anniversary. Alf, what? It seems like he is in love with it. Uh, Alf, why did you give that away? Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But Alf clarifies he didn't give anyone anything. He puts things in the trash. The rest is up to Ed. He's doing this in the spirit of Fapiano, a time to share with those less fortunate than ourselves. And besides, pastels do nothing for Willie. Well, not with that attitude. (laughs) So Willie goes out to check the trash in the rain when he hears something in the garage and opens the door to find a man sitting at his workbench eating sweet potato pie. And wearing his turquoise Italian sweater under a wet Ugh. trench coat and hat. Ugh. That's a that's a scary moment. I'm sure. Yeah. He was armed with a uh, tire iron or a, a crowbar. Crowbar. Willie was. Yeah. Willie had a crowbar. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Scary for 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 Pete here. He introduces himself as Flaky Pete. My friends call me Flaky Pete or Flaky Pete Finnegan. But mostly my friends don't call me because I don't have a phone. Not a good name. (laughs) Like, is that really the best we could do? I think it is. It seems like a very Paul Fusco name. Uh, Unfortunately. Is it is flaky? Here's the way you can look at it. Is it flaky Pete? Because as in flaky, as in a personality, he never showed up to work and that's how he wound up homeless. Oh, maybe. Or flaky as in he has a lot of flakes and he's gross. Oh, is it a physical or a, uh, a uh, non-physical version of flaky. Little of column A, little of column B. Little column A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm going to say just because he's gross and he probably has a lot of damage. Yeah. And maybe that's why he got fired from his job. He wasn't fired for being <laughs> flaky because he was late. Yeah. He was fired from being flaky because he was so disgusting and he was getting scalp and all the sandwiches. No good. Well, maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> Flaky Pete, as we mentioned, is voiced by David Ogden Stiers. We mentioned he was Major Charles Emerson Winchester III on MASH, the voice of Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast, and he's done a few other Disney voices. He was Governor Ratcliffe in Pocahontas Mm -hmm. and Jumba in Lilo and Stitch. Jumba's the alien scientist who created Stitch. That's that's cool because um, that that confirms to me that there is life after Alf. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, not for the main cast, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was um, Jumba and uh, Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall was Pleakley. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So Flaky Pete's been hiding out in Willie's garage. He mentions one of his astronomy charts is out of date. So that gives us a tiny hint of his former life before homelessness. More on that later. Oh, yeah. Willie tells Pete he's a social worker and can take him to a shelter for the weekend and then come to his office on Monday. But Pete cuts him off there and says, in other words, you want me to leave? Yup, sure do. Pete's offended because he thought Willie's the one who's been leaving out clothes and food for him. So he indignantly wishes Willie a happy Thanksgiving to you too, bro, and heads out into the rain as we cut to commercial. That's a t-shirt moment. When he said that, I, I want a t-shirt that says happy Thanksgiving to you too, bro. bro. <laughs> I, you don't hear bro too often back. What was it? 80, 88. 88 this episode? Yeah. yeah. Did Matt Riddle write this? Bro. <laughs> was bro peak back then? I don't know. I feel like I didn't hear bro in TV and movies back then. It was punk talk. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. This character is just getting richer and richer. <laughs> well, we return to find that A, the rain has stopped, and two, the Tanners are about to head to the Akmonics with their own chairs. But Alf wants them to know he opposes their going over there. And both Brian and Lynn share that sentiment, but Willie reminds his family they said they would go. It'll be a short period of time during which they'll be pleasant to each other and their neighbors. He then lays out some ground rules for Alf while they're gone, including no phone calls, no leaving the house, don't put anything in the trash, don't blow up the house, don't burn down the house, but do have a nice, quiet Thanksgiving. Yeah, don't have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... Alf promises he'll be so quiet, they'll be able to hear a whisker drop, to which Willie adds, don't eat the cat. Yeah, don't have fun. (laughs) (laughs) We we don't want you to enjoy yourself, Alf. Just stop whatever you're doing. You're a prisoner here as much as you are a guest. Uh, This is all because of you. What do we think about Brian? They're all bringing their own chairs. One, that's, I don't know how odd that is, but that was, that scene, that kind of stood out to me. Well, Raquel told them to bring their own chairs. She did. You're right. She's kind of cheap. But Brian has uh, the younger brother has a, a little like painter's stool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess because he's a kid. I, what do we think about that? I mean, no, no respect, right? It's what he can carry. He's got yeah. they're walking it to the neighbor's house. So mm-hmm. Kate's got a folding chair. It was hard times back in the uh, in 88. <laughs> you could only sit on what you carried. And we cut to the Akmonics, which is painted a lovely shade of highlighter yellow. Oh, yeah. We get to meet the rest of the Akmonic clan. Of course, there's Raquel's husband, Trevor. All right, come on, come on, everybody. Sit down. The gravy's coagulating. Played by John LaMotta, who is best known for this, but he has the distinction of playing characters in Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja 3, and American Ninja, and being killed in all three of those. Ooh, canon films. <laughs> and uh, Ninja 3, the domination. That's uh, it. The ninja exorcist. About a woman being possessed by a ninja. Come on. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh. Chef's kiss, baby. Canon films, baby. We have their nephew, Jake, played by Josh Blake. And Lynn, right here. No, Lynn, you sit right here, right next to Dudley and the vegetables. But we is a vegetable. <laughs> 
also best known for this show, but he appeared in an episode of that other sitcom about a Tanner family. He was on Full House as Silvio, a boy from Greece who inadvertently marries DJ after the two walk around the kitchen table a few times. Man, guy can't escape the Tanners. (laughs) He can't. Jake has the hots for Lynn, but today Lynn will be sitting next to Cousin Dudley. Yeah, love Dudley. Who's wearing a fringe vest over an unbuttoned shirt. Oh, boy. Hi, Lynn. Hello, Dudley. Call me Dud. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, <laughs> Dud. If you're a fan of the 80s sex comedies like I am, this is this is Nelson from Spring Break. This is a this is a mm-hmm. this is a heavy hitter here. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. He's no Courtney Gaines, though. Let's be no, honest. no. Yeah. Dud- Dudley is played by David Nell, whom I've also seen in the movie Splash. He was one of Eugene Levy's dumb assistants. <laughs> Sounds right. He was also the uh, the lab tech in Total Recall. I, yeah, I oh. noticed he was the lab. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Oh, that's right. Totally kept getting out of here. <laughs> but yeah, he he he, he, front, he leads the show. Spring Break is his movie. He's he's the main character. And ironically enough, uh, his character's name is Nelson. And I, I always oh. wonder if you know his last name Nell Nelson. You know when when it's their early film, if they just pull from their real name, could be. It's Nell with a K. Yeah. Sometimes you see that, though, in, in actors like early films, they just pull something from their real name for the character. It's like Tony Danza. He can't stop playing Tony. Yeah, that's good, <laughs> good, good, good. Here, uh, Dudley leans in close to Lynn and says, remember when we used to take baths together? And she immediately gets up and says, I have to make a phone call from home. It's canceled. We would cancel yeah. that. Get out of that situation. Done. Lynn did the right thing. Yeah. Yep. And home is where we find Alf sitting down to a single slice of meatloaf, but he stuck a birthday candle in it to make it fancy. Oh. A trick candle at that. A trick candle, yeah, yeah. But Lynn has brought some dessert from the Akmonics for Alf. What is it? Guess. Rubber vomit. Doesn't look quite rubbery to me, but... No. It's the right shade of rubber vomit orange. Spilled orange, yes, spilled orange juice or something. Disgusting. Yeah, it turns out it's pumpkin jello. Pumpkin jello. Is that I wonder if that was ever real. It's gotta be. It ha- you know what? If if it were, I guarantee you Dinosaur Dracula has <laughs> some in his freezer. Well, they have pumpkin spice jello here. That's not the yeah, same. That's true. not quite the same. No, no. They do pumpkin je- um pudding, don't they? Yeah, actually, yeah. that's what I'm looking at. Pumpkin spice pudding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see now. Ooh, pumpkin jello. Now I'm very curious about this. That's got its own special texture, which I'm not sure goes well with the taste of pumpkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even Alf says, I can't eat that, followed immediately by, hey, I've never heard myself say that before. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Lynn stays for a bit to chat with Al so she can avoid having to go back to the Akmonics. When we cut to outside, where Flaky Pete happens to be walking by again, here's Lynn, glances quickly into the window, and has to do a double take, which makes him take a closer look because he sees Alf. This is kind of creepy because, sure, you know, he was asked to leave, and then he just sort of, he's walking around the house now looking in the windows. Yep, he's trespassing. And when I was thinking back to this episode, 
I remember him doing that. And I was like, oh, it's because he knows Alf is there. No, he only found out Alf is there because he was looking in the windows after he was told to leave. Right. He's still looking in people's trash cans. It's Thanksgiving, so people are going to be throwing out all kinds of good stuff. Hey, this is so weird. Mike, you just blew my mind. A, a continuing theme in Paul Fusco Thanksgiving specials mm. is puppets digging food out of trash cans. Oh, you're right. Oh, wow. Boom goes the dynamite, I guess they say. Yeah. yeah. So Pete goes back to Willie's garage to use his phone and call the Alien Task Force. <sighs> What's the phone number there? I don't remember five, the number. Five, five, no. <laughs> well, Al, yeah, the, the Tanner's number starts with 555. Five, five. We never five, get five, the. Five, uh, seven, seven, eight, seven, I believe. There it is. Unless I've got it backwards. Somebody should cover um, 8675309, but make it the phone number for the, <laughs> the alien task force. <laughs> Pete's hoping to get a reward, which we find out is $5,000. So that could help turn his life around. So he's very yeah. anxious to turn Alf in at this point. In nineteen eighty eight dollars, that's like uh two billion today. Yeah. <laughs> well the, the rent rent is probably like two hundred bucks a month back in eighty eight. So you he'd be lived pretty well for a while. Yeah. By the way, you know what I completely forgot? Because they do mention um in another episode, I forgot that this takes place in California. For some reason I thought it was like in like New Jersey or Maine or something like that. I had forgotten that Alf you know, the the Tanners live in uh, California. A lot a lot of shows are California, and you're like, oh, gee, what a coincidence. Real close to all the studios. And you know what's yeah. funny is I, I kind of noticed this a, a couple of years ago. I think it's when Modern Family was on. I never noticed this, but a lot of the ABC shows will take place out west, and a lot of the NBC shows will take place out east. Huh. Oh, that's a really interesting. And CBS, you know, kind of would at the time, or at least back when they would do sitcoms and shows, or I mean, they still do, but they would do a lot of like, you know, middle America and then Fox would just go all Chicago. A lot of Chicago. Yeah, you're right. It takes courage to run a show here in New Jersey. We're warriors. <laughs> oh, God bless New Jersey. God bless New Jersey. $5,000 in 1988 money is worth $12,821 today in 2023. Damn. That's a couple PS5s, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the only two people working at the Alien Task Force office on Thanksgiving today are watching football and what they expect to be an otherwise quiet day at the office, but the phone rings. It's answered by Sergeant Fox, played by Michael Champion. Happy Thanksgiving, Alien Task Force, Sergeant Fox speaking. Speaking of Total Recall, he was Michael Ironside's goon helm. Oh, wow. We got we got double duty on Total Recall. Here. Yeah. Uh, he was also a bad guy in Beverly Hills Cop and Toy Soldiers. Love Toy Soldiers. Yes. Sheesh. And in the 90s Flash TV series, he was Captain Cold. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yes. Captain Cold. Yeah. Sergeant Fox is working with his partner, Jeff, played by Norman Lee Harris. 167 Hemdale. We investigated a sighting at that address two years ago. Couldn't find a lot about him, unfortunately. His most recent credit on IMDb was back in 1992. It was an episode of Doogie Howser, MD. So I'm not even sure if he's still alive. It, it doesn't say much about him, unfortunately. Oh, man. 
But Sergeant Fox is notably wearing a sling on his left arm. Did anyone notice that? Because they don't mention it. Yep, I noticed that. I, I was going to ask you if, like, he's a reoccurring character in the ALF universe and if he was in a breaking his arm in a previous episode. That seemed like a strange character. But it almost seems like he got the part and then broke his arm the week before and showed up to the set and was like, hey, I, bro- I broke my arm. I hope that's cool. That's what I think happened. <laughs> Very well could have been the case. Yeah. Maybe he broke it during like filming because <laughs> that is very <laughs> possible. Yeah, he fell in one of the holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he answers the phone. Flaky Pete tells him, I think I've just seen an alien. What do I do? And Fox asks, do you mind repeating that, sir? Like it's weird for someone to call the alien task force and report seeing an alien. Yeah. Your sole job is to take calls when people think they see aliens. They probably get great phone calls. I bet oh, they gosh. do. Just idiots calling 24-7. <laughs> and that's who they think this is for a while. Yeah. Yep. But he asks Pete to describe the alien, and he does, including mentioning a nose the shape of Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's what he really wanted to say. I'd probably not describe it that way, but. Yeah. Yeah, well. Go off, King. Nebraska is the best we're going to do. Yeah. Gives them the address and Fox's partner puts it into their computer and find they've investigated that address before. So now they're taking the call seriously. Oh, okay. They tell Pete they'll be out there as soon as they can. Until then, be careful. Pete asks, why? What could it do to me? And Fox swore, oh, jump into your mouth, burst out your chest. Yeah. All aliens have the same move now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little assuming. Yeah. Uh, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were these guys in a previous episode? I'm sorry. The Alien Task Force is a recurring organization on the show, but I don't think these two particular actors are recurring. They were. Tommy, Tommy's saying no for sure. Okay. Okay. You're Michael Champion. There are two episodes of Al. There it is. And right. these two. It's and these, these are two. the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, I don't want to step back too far, but I'm looking at a picture of Nebraska now and, uh, well, Nebraska and his Alf's nose have have almost no similar features here. That's a, that's yeah. like well, like the nose part is the, is the panhandle. I'm guessing. I'm oh, ga- yeah. Well, then why wouldn't he just say Florida? He could have said Florida. Nose. He could have said Florida. Does Paul F- wait? Where's Paul Fusco from? Great question. Maybe he doesn't like Nebraska. New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, all right. That's practically New York. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't tell them that. Hey, watch it there. They'll go off for like a half hour about pizza. (laughs) Well, Lord. But Pete hangs up, walks into the Tanner's kitchen where Alf's reading the newspaper. Pete announces himself with a simple hello, to which Alf reacts with a And that's the end of part one. If you're going to the kitchen to get a snack, bring me some. I'll be right back. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. Everybody's rushing to the Wiz unbeatable Thanksgiving super sale. Nobody beats the Wiz on this Panasonic 13-inch color TV. Unstoppable at $177 on this Technique compact displayer. Unreal at $199 on this Panasonic wireless remote VHS VCR. Unmatchable at $349. Nobody beats the Wiz. Unbeatable Thanksgiving super sale now at all 11 Wiz stores. Has this ever happened to you? Ah, this video game is bullshit! 
Are you tired of gaping plot holes and boring gameplay mechanics? Look, all I'm saying is that if a full-fledged Krogan is falling off a platform, there's no way Commander Shepard has the upper arm strength to pull him up. Has reading become just too tedious of a chore? Ugh, books. Are you bored of your same three murder podcasts? Shocking, it's the butler. Allow me to introduce you to the brand new fan fiction podcast, with an X, hosted by our lovely basement dwelling and real life Muppet, Dan McCoy. Well, that's hurtful. And myself, of course, the blonde bombshell with the blood of Odin and the great looks of Jake Busey from Starship Troopers. That's accurate. And with our powers combined. No. Oh, you never let me do what I want to do. I said no, man. We're not doing that. Ah, fine. Anyway, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your fix from. Remember, fan fiction with an X. I guess, you know what, now I had that question to you towards the top, if if we saw a drop-off in viewership uh, between the first part and the second part of these episodes, and the way you did it, man, they should be paying you money in hindsight, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, tell me what happens next. You're right, you can't really walk away from this. No, this is a great cliffhanger, so let's fast forward 24 hours in TV watching time to part two. Where we get a longer version of this scene that ended part one, Alf tries to pose as a dog and bark at Pete. Oh. <laughs> Who tells him, look, I know you can talk. And that's when we get the rut roll. Yeah. A little Scooby-Doo action. Yes. Dogs. Dogs. So Pete claims he's a friend of Willie's, but Alf knows better. He says, you're that bum who's been hanging around our trash cans. But Pete adds he was just talking to Willie earlier, which is true. But then he says Willie told him to come in and keep you company, which is not true. He is a liar. He told a fib. He sure did. On Fapiano of all days, the holiest oh. of days. No fibbing on Fapiano. Nope. Hey, you know what? This is this is kind of bogus. I got to say, uh, OK, there's a Canadian Thanksgiving that happens in late October. Yes. Mm hmm. Okay. And we have to assume, I mean, what is that based on? Because our Thanksgiving is based on an event or a presumed event. The Canadian Thanksgiving is based off of jealousy of our event. <laughs> and so what is Fabiano based on? I mean, that's gal- that's a galaxy away. Jealousy of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we want our own Canada Day. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Earlier, we noted Pete had some knowledge of Willie's star charts, and here he shows his expertise on other planets again as he tries to guess where Alf is from. Mm. He deduces it's cold based on his fur, muddy based on its feet, and with a thin atmosphere based on his large ears. So Pete guesses planet K-171, or as Alf Mm -hmm. knows it, Niesbeck, which he takes offense to. Sure. There's no intelligent life on Niesbeck. How do you know? I've been there. Their national bird is dust. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Kneesbeck. Yeah. No. no. Kneesbeck can go. Flippity chippet. It's all. <laughs> Alf says he's from Melmac and warns Pete not to spread it around, adding, do you have any idea what would happen if people found out about him? And Pete pretends not to know about the alien task force. As Alf explains, they hunt down aliens like himself and do bad, bad things to them. Which he says he heard from the interstellar grapevine. I like that. By the way, Pete, Pete's kind of getting a little excited at the idea of 
aliens being tortured and doing bad things. So it's like, oh, geez. hey, he's gonna get it. He's gonna get a PS Five. He is, uh, yeah, but uh, he's also kind of showing himself because I think he's got like a little alien torture fetish going on as well. Well, if it's not a fetish, then it, I mean, I think this. Uh, what's his name? Stinky Pete. This guy. Uh, Stinky Pete was Toy <laughs> Story Two. Oh, Toy Story Two. <laughs> no, wait, was it Toy Story Two? Flaky Pete. Yes, Flaky Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete is the prospector. You're correct. I mean, we're starting to dive into this this one time or or I guess two time character on this show who is homeless and has a background in um alien geography. Right. Uh. Yeah. This is an interesting character. He really is. How do you wind up homeless? We'll find out in a bit, but let's check back in on Thanksgiving at the Akmonics, where, as Lynn warned Alf before she left, Raquel and Trevor are in the middle of their traditional Thanksgiving performance of Das Cornucopia from Wagner Strauss's opera Der Feaster Famine. And I wish I could tell you any part of what I just said was real, but it is not. No. Oh, good Good on you for doing the research. Yeah. No, the ALF wiki has a short entry on Das Cornucopia that simply confirms the song, the opera, and the composer are all fictional. God bless the, the straight-up warriors that are uh, backing the ALF wiki, you know, mm-hmm. doing the Lord's work. Yes. No translation provided, unfortunately, so you're all, you're all on your own. They're not quite up to Mike's level of research here. Yeah, well. But uh, they're doing the work. They are doing the Lord's work. Yes. And I appreciate them for that. But Raquel and Trevor are accompanied by Jake on his drum set. And the whole thing is just ridiculous, but fascinating. I, I, what do you, what kind of stuff? I mean. What kind of traditions did you guys see at Thanksgivings that you would attend? I mean, I wish I, I this is supposed to be seen as, oh, look how annoying and strange these people are. I wish I went to a Thanksgiving where people did this. <laughs> right? Yeah. We never did. Ours are, be the change that you want to say. Be the, yeah. Oh, Ours are pretty uneventful. Everybody wants to watch the, we watch the parade. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's like after 12 o'clock. Well, my daughter now loves to watch the dog show. So we put on the dog show for my daughter. The dog show is picking up. The dog yeah. show is really picking up in recent years. I, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, I'm um, in the past like five years, a uh, MST3K convert. So yep. uh, Turkey Day special right after the parade. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes when one of the songs are going on a little too long in the, the Broadway promos, I'm like, let's just see what movie they're playing. Hopefully it's a uh, Mitchell or something. There you go. <laughs> yep. My, 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 my Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is this is like watching a car crash complete with the finale Oof. in which Raquel and Trevor singing breaks a mirror behind them. This is where you insert uh, the beginning of Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how they pulled off breaking the mirror during this shot. It looks like it's broken from behind. But well, it's all spectacularly done. I appreciate this whole scene. How I mean, how did they pull off filming this entire show? It <laughs> yeah. just seems like yeah. the least of their worries. That's a good point. Say what you will about Alf, but like they, they really went for it. I mean, they, they, they didn't have to have a mirror breaking gimmick. 
That's oh. a whole day of somebody's work figuring out how to rig that up, but they did it. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Extra credit. Yeah. Well, back at the Tanners, Alf formally introduces himself as Alf, not his actual name, Gordon. I guess he's grown to prefer his nickname. And it's not just the Tanners being willfully ignorant and calling him a alien. Yep. It's a good nickname. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, I, that's a that's a really nice little thing to pick up on. I didn't catch that. You're right. You just started going by Alf. Yeah. Yep. Alien life form. Yep. It's like when Vince McMahon comes up with a name and then he realizes, ah, this whole name is not, you know, marketable. We can't put it on merchandise. Let's just shorten it. I feel like maybe people just got tired of hearing Gordon Shumway. So they were like, oh, let's kind of eliminate that. Keep it to like one per time per episode or something like that. And Have him rub the turkey on his head and call him Bash and Booger. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, it was me. <laughs> um, like uh, it's like oh, Shockmaster's too long. Just call him Tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, Pete excitedly shakes Alf's hand, and then as Alf points out, his coat starts to ring. It's Willie's phone, which Pete claims Willie let him borrow. And on the other end is Sergeant Fox on his way to the Tanners in a white van labeled Five Steve's Pest Control. Sure. Five. Jeez, where do you find five Steves? <laughs> Who all are into pest control, but I don't know where that name comes from. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Can you, this should be when you insert the uh, the line from um, Flight of the Concords. Did, Did Steve, Steve tell, tell you that, that perchance? Steve. <laughs> well, you've had the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass break, so this is another Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Additional oh, Steve. Okay. I've come to the Osmonics to eat turkey and kick ass, brother. <laughs> oh, wait, Stone never said brother. That what was Piper. Yeah. yeah, sheesh. I can't drop a Bash and Booger reference and then screw up an Austin impression. That's oh, just, em- just embarrassing. <laughs> How embarrassing. The Thanksgiving Council will be ha- uh, discussing this, Jamie. Yeah, I hope. Jeez, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be waking up from a. Uh, cold sweat nightmares thinking about that horrible Austin impression for the next three oh. years. So. Oh, oh, yes. I don't know where five Steve's pest control comes from, but it's a very, it's another very Paul Fusco humor type name. I wonder if that's a reference to something else he's done because he does like to reference little Easter eggs to previous stuff. He also like just likes naming things, just random names. Remember Alf once informed Brian, there's a planet beyond Pluto named Dave. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I was watching that episode also uh, this afternoon after that one. (laughs) So Pete's on the phone with the alien task force. And every time he talks to them in this episode, we get this suspenseful keyboard music. Uh, hello? Finnegan, Sergeant Fox. Did you make contact with the alien? Oh, hi. Mom? It almost like reminded me of Tales from the Dark Side music. Ooh. I didn't, you know, you're you're an astute television alpha watcher. Let's say that you're an astute <laughs> alpha watcher. I didn't pick up on that. That's great. So Pete carefully chooses his words here so as not to tip off Alf, who's on the other end. He says, "Oh, hi, mom. Everything's fine here." And and Fox, I guess, understands what's going on and warns Pete the alien might act friendly, but it could still be deadly. Adding, "I hope we can just take it alive." Yeah, And Pete suddenly looks worried now. He says, oh, I don't think it'd be necessary to 
kill it. And now Alf has a worried look on his face until Pete adds that turkey's been our pet for years. Yeah. (laughs) But the task force tells Pete to keep the alien occupied and hangs up. And Alf immediately asks Pete what's its name, referring to the turkey. And the first name Pete can think of is Sergeant Fox. Yeah. He has a certain military bearing. Nice save. He's been on the streets a long time. He's really lost his... His fake name creativity, I think. Yeah, well. Oh, yeah. But back to the Akmonics. Dinner is served now. Lynn is so hungry, she says she could faint. And Dudley offers her a dog biscuit. A younger cousin named Jason flings a perfect shot of squash at Willie. Jason's mom says she believes it's important to develop a child athletically as well as intellectually. And Willie simply says, off to a good start. Can I say, um, that I found this the Akmonics in general to be kind of odd. Uh, I mean, they're supposed to be, of course, but right. We just said, you know, this show is taking place in California, but the Osmonics, they have like, you know, the brother from Spring Break. He's got like a fringe cowboy jacket, and they've got like deer heads on the wall. They have a very like rural looking home, and they're their neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, did you pick it? That it felt almost out of place, weirdly. Yeah. It really does. They're from Northern California. <laughs> yeah. They're right on the border. The Osmonics are in the Northern part. If you walk a few steps South, there it is. You know, so the Tanners. And- but we return from another commercial. Alpha is showing Pete some photos from Melmac during his orbit guard days. Alpha's a veteran y'all. Is this the first time we hear about that? I don't think so. He's a vet, man. I feel like they've mentioned that before. Yeah. It's cool because they've almost gone the uh, the new Spider-Man Uncle Ben route with it. Whereas like yeah. in the new Spider-Man, we all know Uncle Ben, you know, kicked the bucket. We don't need to talk about it. It's just implied. Right. We don't need to talk about Alf's war crimes. It's just implied. We no, don't have to they, get into detail. With they it. do trade some war stories. Alf was in the Melmachian orbit guard, whose motto, as we learn, is to guard the orbits whether they need it or not. That sounds really like uh, uh, Empire. Yeah, it does. You know, I don't think those that sounds like not the good guys. Well, even Pete wonders whether they actually did need guarding. And Alf admits, oh, no, not really. All we had were minor scuffles, name calling mostly. He wants to know what kind of military activity Alf has seen. Doesn't say as much, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says it was a peaceful place till that pesky nuclear explosion. Pete asks how that happened, and Alf admits no one's quite sure. You know, that's exactly what Germany says. <laughs> <laughs> and here's where we finally get to know a little more about Flaky Pete. He says he was in space research for the military, but he left because he didn't believe anything was worth blowing up a planet for. Sure. And that's how he knew Willie's star chart was out of date and how he was able to deduce what sort of planet Alf was from based on his features. What has he seen that, you know, got him up on the streets? Yeah, I'm not sure. They don't get into that part. I mean, I'm thinking, what was that? Uh government program there were they were putting people on lsd what was that called oh i know what you're talking about yeah 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 what was that thing well it's probably not super important (laughs) 
It also comes out here that it was Alf who left out the food and clothes for Pete, who's very appreciative for that. I thought that was pretty obvious from the beginning because they said they were also leaving out stuff for cats. So my mind immediately went to Alf Alf for that. Well, yeah, it's obvious to us, but Pete didn't know that. He thought it was Willie. And here he asks why the milk and saucers and Alf leaves it at, uh, I like cats, which is the truth. It's not a lie. No. Well, the phone rings again and Sergeant Fox now tells Pete they're about 30 minutes out still and wants to know if the alien is armed or dangerous. And this is where I noticed the sling on his arm. It wasn't super noticeable to me at first, but here we get a clear shot of it. I caught it while he was in the seat, you know, okay, in, there, yeah. in the base. And it, I'm glad you brought it up because like that's such a weird thing. I would, it's, it's, it's a story we'll, we'll never know no. the backstory of, but I would love to just know that probably, like we said, that actor just broke his arm over the weekend. It was like, hey, guys, I, I hope I still have this job. But when he asks if the alien is armed, Pete gets up and starts to get upset with Fox now. He says, weapons, war, fighting. Is that all you ever think about? Lighten up, Mom. Yeah. So Sergeant Fox explains when they get there, they'll call once, let the phone ring one time and hang up. That'll be Pete's signal to vacate the premises and the alien task force will take it from there. Well, now that Pete has gotten to know Alf, he's clearly having second thoughts. But all he can say to Alf at this point is that mom is getting on his nerves. Yep. Same. Same. (laughs) And here is where Brian and Jake walk in now. They were apparently sent over to get peanut butter, but can't find it. Now, Jake already knows about Alf. Okay. Yeah. Jake met Alf uh, some episodes ago. I'm not sure exactly which episode, but. Because Jake is the. Jake's their nephew. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's their nephew. He has. He lives with them, though. Man, there's even there's even weird like family. The, the Ogmonics are, are fairly complicated family, you know, if for for just simple neighbors in the show, you would just think it was like, oh, it's mom, dad, son, daughter. No, also like the nephew lives there, too. Right. It's like unnecessarily complicated. That's all right. But but Jake knows about Alf, hasn't told his aunt and uncle, so he's cool. But they walk in and the first person they see is Pete. So they're spooked, naturally, until Alf explains this is his new friend, Flaky. You call him Flaky? Let he who is without flakiness cast the first stone. <laughs> so that's pretty much everyone with uh, access to, you know, head and shoulders, essentially. <laughs> cast that first head and shoulders, man. Yeah, just start throwing bottles <laughs> of head and shoulders at him. Well, Brian reminds Alf, you're not supposed to let strangers in the house. But Alf says, relax, Pete is a friend of Willie's. And Pete adds, yes, that's right. In fact, this is his sweater. And I guess that's good enough for the boys who head back over to spoil their appetites since Jake's Uncle Rocky is still carving the turkey. What? Oh, he's got like two dull knives here that he's rubbing together, right? Yeah, we cut back to the Akmonics and it looks like dinner's in progress, but Uncle Rocky's kind of doing that thing with the knives. Very sitcomish. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen anyone in real life actually do that. <laughs> no, it's not like anytime you use the tongs, you got to clink those guys yeah. together a few times before you pick something up. Well, right, yeah, or else you're just not using it right. No, yeah. it, like, or when you have a drill, <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to give that a couple spins for sure. Oh, yeah. Did we get the sense the uncle lives there too, or is he in town for Thanksgiving? No, I think he's in town for Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay. I don't think we see him ever again. No, 
Is he the dad of, of the Osmonics boy? I don't think so. He's he's older. He's like a great uncle. Yeah, he's like great uncle yeah. maybe to that one. Yeah. Kate gives her compliments to Raquel for a delicious turkey and good old Dudley tells Lynn, you know, turkey's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. I deeply disagree. I mean, <laughs> I- <laughs> well, I decided to open a private browser window to look up whether that was true. And- <laughs> oh, no way. Thank God. Thank God. We got to hear this. Well, on its own, it could be. But add all those other carbs we eat on Thanksgiving. It's not going to be all that effective in getting the old blood flowing. So don't get too excited, y'all. One of my buddies, I won't say his name, but uh, we were when we were kids, we were counting back nine months from our birthday and, and trying to figure out, you know, what got our parents in going. And uh, he, he, we detected that he was born uh, or conceived around Thanksgiving. So it's not impossible. And it's just, I do not feel sexy after Thanksgiving dinner, dude. No. Nine months, exactly nine months before my birthday, Christmas Eve. Oh. Which explains a whole lot. Oh, my God. Explains so much. Wow. My brother was around that time also. Yeah. That's a good, let me tell you something, brother. That's a good gift. (laughs) Well, Brian and Jake return, and in hushed voices, Willie asks how everything is at home. And Jake whispers back, they're okay, I guess. They? Willie asks, and Jake replies, yeah, Alf and that Flaky Pete guy. Uh, Who's Flaky Pete? No, Willie Uh. immediately stands up and says, (laughs) we've had a lovely time. Thank you. Kate tells the kids it's time to go, and they all rush out of there as politely as possible. Yeah. He may not look like a dad that, like, um, you know, takes charge, but he's he's taking charge here. He absolutely takes charge here. Yeah. By the way, can we just point out, like, Max Wright is kind of like Arn Anderson, where he looks like he's, like, <laughs> 60 when he's probably only 30. Oh, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and his wife only looks like she's probably, you know, early 30s. I think she's still alive. I mean, those two just, they don't, visually, they don't work right. <laughs> you you may be the only person in the entire world that's ever compared Willie Tanner to Arn Anderson, and I love you for it. <laughs> Good old double A. You shave Arn Anderson's beard. I mean, it, let's be honest, same giant glasses. I can see it. Lose a few yeah. pounds. I want to see the multiverse. If we believe that every version of this world exists, I want to see the multiverse where good old double A Arn Anderson plays uh, <laughs> Willie Tanner. That sounds like a brain exploder shirt to me. Oh, Make it I'm so. On it. I'm on it, baby. Thanksgiving. Get ready. Well, Willie returns home to find Pete in a rather jolly mood. Have they been drinking? That's what it looks like to me. I, th- I, I think that that's kind of what they're implying, but they don't really say it. No, but I know they had Alf stop drinking alcohol after the first season because they realized there was a large number of kids who watched the show. Yeah. Yeah. He got uh, camel Joe Camel basically there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but Pete's a grown adult. So fine. He kind of looks like Joe Camel. Come oh, you're not wrong. Good one. Both of my boys were rocking the substances, and then we had to tone it down for the kids. Mm. Interesting. But Willie angrily starts to tell Pete if anything has happened to Alf. But Alf enters the kitchen at that point, very calmly says, Hey, Willie. Hey, Willie. 
Alf! Willie! Alf! And they go back and forth a bit with Alf, Willie, Alf, Willie, followed by Brian and Lynn and finally Kate, who tells Alf they're very relieved he's all right. And Willie finally asks why Alf would let a stranger in the house. And Alf replies, he's your friend. But Willie's a little too quick to say he's not my friend. I, I would say this is probably a result of poor parenting because this is just like the equivalent of getting in the car because the stranger said he was your dad's friend. You oh, know? yeah. You know what I mean? You got to know a little bit better. Well, Alf tells Willie to lighten up. It's Fapiano. It's Fapiano. Besides, aren't you always telling me that under the skin, or in my case, fur, or in Pete's case, a ratty overcoat, we're all pretty much the same. A little needy, a little insecure, but decent and good. And Willie and Kate give each other a look that says to me, you know, he's got a point. So Willie turns to Pete now, explains Alf is stranded here. He doesn't have any place else to go, and he's a member of their family now. So they've got to protect him, and they can't let anything happen to him. That's sweet. Pete says he understands, and Willie invites him to stay and have a little supper with him. Kate admits it may not be much. In fact, she can guarantee it won't be much. Thanks, Alf. Pete thanks them, but says he thinks he ought to be going. But Alf then begs Pete, oh, please, 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 please. We've got cold meat and rubber vomit. Do we ever see Alf this nice? Sure. I mean, he's very nice. <laughs> the, the whole, I mean, everyone else in the family, like, why do they just gravitate to this guy so quick? It's Thanksgiving. That's it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they're 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 moved by the warm the warm spirit of Thanksgiving. But you know, you gotta think like if a, if a, a homeless dude showed up at your house on Thanksgiving, maybe you give him some food and send him on his way. I don't know. Do, do, are, are you inviting people in on Thanksgiving? No, I want to be left alone. I just want to watch <laughs> TV and I want to eat. I want to be left alone. You can take all the leftovers you want, but I've got a, I've got to, I've got a VHS of Survivor series. I got to get through. Yep. Now. I'll, I'll, I'll make you a meal, but you ain't staying here with me. I am going to be selfish. Leave me alone. That's <laughs> essentially my motto. Yeah, I respect it. I'm selfish when it comes to Thanksgiving, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate here manages to find turkey hot dogs in the fridge, and Pete relents. Well, maybe I can stay for a minute. That's so weird. We were talking about turkey hot dogs at the top. We were. Because of his relative. Yeah. We should be in that writing room. Yeah, I agree. Well, Brian invites Pete to his Thanksgiving pageant, which we learn is in the park tomorrow. But Pete tells him he'll probably be busy, which is grown up speak for I don't think the rest of the people there are going to take too kindly to a homeless man hanging out at the park. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be around you people. Yeah. The park is where he lives. It yeah. could be that. That's the that's the trouble. He doesn't want to deal with these guys. When they have plays in the, they play plays in the park. That's just imagine like some goofballs coming to put a play in your backyard mm -hmm. <laughs> and doing a poor job probably too. Uh, look, I'm homeless, but I'm not that desperate to be around people. Yeah. Well, Brian adds he wishes Alf could see his play, and that's when Willie brings out a picnic basket with a hole cut out of it so Alf could oh, be wow. at the park and watch Brian's play without being seen. 
it took two and a half seasons of this show to think of that. And we don't even get to see it in action. We could have had more Alf in public hijinks. Oh, oh, you've got to pay gaffers. You've got to play oh, electricians. Geez. You've got to pay boom mic operators. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's a reason why that only came up once. <laughs> well, the phone rings again. And this time, Lynn answers only to discover whoever was on the other end hung up. And Pete excuses himself to, quote, wash his hands because he knows that's the alien task force waiting outside. It sure is. So as we follow Pete through the living room and out the front door, we hear the Tanners and Alf sing the Thanksgiving hymn. I know this hymn, but my family has never sung anything before or during Thanksgiving dinner. Is that a thing? Oh, I've never heard. So a little peek behind the curtain. I came over to check this out with Tommy. Um, and we're watching it. And I even say to him, I'm like, is that a real thing? Or is that something they made up just for the show? Cause it kind of sounded like um, something they made up and he didn't even know what it yeah. was. So like, I, it, is this a real thing after all? That's a good question. It's a real hymn. I've heard it in church, but I've never heard anyone sing it in their house for Thanksgiving. Interesting. But it was a it was a palate cleanser from the Akmonics. There it is. Store with the, <laughs> the drums and all that. Well, we're going to show them how to really perform. There you go. Now, we've always just said a pretty standard grace and that's it. So I didn't know. Yeah. But Pete heads out the front door to meet with the alien task force. They bring him into the van and Pete says, well, I'm ready to go. They ask where the alien is, and Pete tells them, I'm the alien. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you caught me. I'm from outer space. Knees back, to be exact. Well, thank you guys for coming on such short notice. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. Do you have a bowl of mercury to drink? He's really good at improving. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Better than I would be in this situation. Almost like he could have could have come up with a better fake name for the turkey. Hey, yeah. All of a sudden, he's this great like uh, UCB theater improv <laughs> guy. <laughs> you know where where was that five minutes ago when you're on the phone? I don't know. Well, it wasn't an emergency, but naturally, Fox and his partner are annoyed at quote another bum looking for a hot meal. They missed their precious football game for this and kick him out of the van. So this was 88, right? Yes. So, so you're you're wondering which game they were watching. Let's see. I'm you know what? I'm looking it up right now because now I'm very curious to see what the big game is that year. And it turns out it was Houston versus Dallas. Yep. Mm. Houston won that. And this was this was the Oilers back when it was the Oilers. So you're not really missing much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I thought that um, they were uh, just going to kidnap uh, Pete and uh, the ATF was going to take him away. <laughs> yeah, let's, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> oh, you're the alien, huh? All right. We got to be in the writer room because that's very, very funny what you just said. I didn't even think about it. Imagine if they he said, I'm the alien, and they just zapped him in the face with a taser and threw him in the back of the truck. All right. Perfect comedy bit. That's really good. <laughs> I like it. Nice one, Tommy. I didn't even think of that. But no, they kick him out. Pete shouts back, pretending to be offended. Wait, I can prove I'm from Niesbeck. Our national bird is dust. 
But then he smiles and heads back inside, finishes the Thanksgiving hymn with the Tanners, which I'm surprised Alf knows by heart, but I guess this isn't his first Thanksgiving with the Tanners, so fine. Also, a lot of um, a lot of punching down at Niesbeck in this episode. And, and Hey, yeah. You know, you got to wonder who's from there. Who are we punching down on so bad? Don't know. Let them speak for themselves a little bit. Yeah. But after that, Brian rehearses his part of the Thanksgiving pageant. He's dressed as a pilgrim with assistance from Alf playing the role of Squanto. Yo, pilgrim. <laughs> this is this is hearkening back to the uh, Paul Fusco's uh, first Thanksgiving special that shall go uh, forgotten. And he was doing that terrible Cheech Marin impression or whoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that him? I Yeah, I couldn't tell whether it was him or if it was one of the other guys, but either way, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. that was a rough one. I, like, that's what, kind of what I'm getting flashbacks to. Hey, it was a different time in 1988, you know? No, it's true, but it, oh, gross. Hey, pilgrims. Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims. <laughs> yeah, basically. Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims. <laughs> He's wearing Kate's feather duster on his head along with, is it Willie's belt? Will, Willie said that he ruined his belt. Oh, yeah, you're right. He did, yeah. And then they zoom in, and it's this glittery tie-dye belt. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alpha Squanto explains he speaks English because he was captured by the white man and taken to the old world, but he misses yeah. his people. And Brian the Pilgrim asks how he got back, and Alf replies, I rented a car. Good joke. Yeah. Alf then goes on to say, do not be embarrassed because your skin is a funny color or that you wear stupid clothes. We are all brothers under the skin, and we will celebrate a bountiful harvest together. Oof. Lynn wraps up the pageant. And so it came to pass there was a bountiful harvest and reason for giving thanks. And someday there'll be college football and department stores and a parade with a giant inflatable underdog. <laughs> well, I guess public domain at that point? Is that why they could say that? I don't think so. I, I think it was just more of a shot. Yeah. Okay. Underdog. I would have said Snoopy. Yeah. Lynn continues with, since that first Thanksgiving, millions have come here for the same reasons all over the world. And Willie adds, and one from Melmac who crashed into a garage. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> now, uh, refresh my memory real quick. The, the pageant that they just rehearsed there, they were just doing rehearsals in the living room, right? Yeah, the actual pageant is the next day. It's the, so it's the day after Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah that's no, weird. It that doesn't make any sense. And not only that, we went through the whole rigmarole of, of making this big uh, uh, box for Alf to climb in to watch it. And, you know, they don't want to pay the, the gaffers and the boom mic operators. So, like, I will just just do it in the living room. We'll, we'll figure it out. That's yeah. fine. Yes. <laughs> well, then that way Pete gets to watch it. Sure. Yeah, because Pete's going to hit the road. Yeah. Yeah. We end with Willie telling them he has his card. Give him a call if he needs anything. Alf asks if he'll stay nearby, but Pete says, no, he usually spends this time of year in Florida. Lies. Where there's a lot of rich widows and loose change and a full of the holiday spirit. Gross. Okay, then. Probably won't need that sweater here. But hang on to the coat. <laughs> so Pete says his goodbyes, heads on his way. Willie says he hopes Pete keeps in touch, and Alf replies, I'm sure he will. He took our phone. And that's where they end. <laughs> Good. 
I, I, I'm really interested. Uh, this episode is three writers. It has Paul Fusco, of course. It also has Stephen Hollander, who is a continued writer on the series, and Tom Patchett. And uh, the reason why I bring those three up is because there are some moments where Alf is really genuinely funny. And and even all these years later, you're like, that's, that's very funny. And then there's moments where he's not, and it is flat. Mm-hmm. And yep. I I wonder who's who in that in that writing room because that's a that's a very funny ending that's a genuinely funny. This show had writers. Oh my gosh! It had three whole writers for this episode. Oh my lord! God bless America, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Melmac, man. God bless him. God bless America. Oh, I guess. God bless Melmac. Any final thoughts on this special Fapiano episode of Alf? So this was not as bad as I'm making it out to be. I'm just kind of irritated. Because I think a lot of the jokes were very uh, flat. And I just, I feel like Max Wright is not funny. So it's kind of like, but it, it, it does the trick. It's a nice little nostalgic Thanksgiving episode. It, it, it really should be seen a lot more. I'm surprised we're not talking about it. It's just weird. That could be said about Alf as a whole, I think. Right, and that's yeah. true, because a lot of those episodes just don't hold up. By the way, I'm turning on my video. Mike's not going to be able to post this. I have my childhood Burger King Alf doll. Yeah! <laughs> to the point that my mom actually put my name tag on the back of it. Good! Beautiful. Beautiful. I was going to grab mine, but I ran out of time. Yeah, I I just found I I have it in a box right next to my bed, and I forgot that it was there. But um, this was good. I I would say this is there's not a lot of Alf episodes I want to revisit. I'd probably watch this more and more though every year. Chad is as since as as the resident mayor of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, I, I find that you are a very difficult uh, critic to please as far as the Thanksgiving special goes. Yes and no, because a lot of them are just kind of the same episode and the same plot. It's like, oh, there's yeah. a homeless person. Oh, there's someone less fortunate. We need to, it, which is fine. And yeah. that, I mean, we should, you know, in real life, that's what we should be doing. We should be helping those. But when it's, you know, the same sitcom episode and it's just the kind of follows the same story, it kind of gets exhausting. That yeah. said, if I mean the fact that we had the the sub story about Alf and the alien, you know, hunters or whatever the hell they are, mm-hmm. um, it, that, that kind of made it a little bit different. But otherwise, I feel like without Alf, this would have just been another, you know, thirty minute. Oh, you know, there's a homeless guy out back, you know, episode. But yeah, I I get a little. Uh, I get a little fussy sometimes when I go back and watch these just because I'm like, oh, I just saw that on another sitcom. <laughs> yeah, they all kind of bleed together. They really do. They have they all have the reoccurring themes. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I will I will mirror the majority of your sentiments. Uh, however, I will go to bat for this. I'll say I like this a lot. Yeah. Uh, the trouble with Alf is not the trouble with this episode. It's just that the people, the human element are not very interesting. It's really the Alf show. Well, uh, yeah. It, you know, he 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 is the Urkel here. You're here to see him. You're not really here to see the dad, and so they're not they're not very interesting. But I like this. Uh, I, I like this episode a lot. It was or episodes, I should say, a double header. It was nostalgic, and I, I I would go to bat for it. Um, the jokes that are good are actually pretty good, but like you said, there are some that sort of flatline a bit. Yeah. Uh, but hey, man, 
nothing's going to be, not every leaf that falls off the tree in November is the same. Not everyone's going to be perfect, you know? That's true. And you know what? I think that because the, the, the humans are so like not as charismatic as we want them to be like, Max Wright is not a very charismatic God, God rest his soul. God bless him. I know he has sure. issues. Not the greatest actor. He didn't have um, a lot of range. He didn't have a lot of charisma. He didn't have that 80s sitcom dad uh, essence that you need. But no. I do want to say, I want to go to bat because uh, I, I would love to hear if Tommy would go to bat for this these two episodes. But I, I just want to add that this was a great um, calendar year uh, as far as Alf and Thanksgiving uh, tie-ins because 88 here, we had this double header uh, Thanksgiving episodes back to back, night after night. And then the next calendar year, we had um, Alf in the window on Broadway. Of the and, parade, and, well, yeah. On the parade, introducing the, the goddamn Joker. And then, <laughs> uh, what a calendar year. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Alf? How you doing? <laughs> By the way, 100%. When people ask me what is, in my opinion, the greatest parade float act, whatever, I always go to Fred Travelina because oh, sure. that sums up that parade and what I love about it so much. And the 89, honestly, if you watch it from beginning to end, it is legit one of the best parades they ever did. Just because it's so unusual and so out of the box and just so strange. And just one of the, one one of the broadcasts has Alf out the window going, and next up we've got the Joker, <laughs> whatever whatever he says. It's wild, it's great. Yeah, and it's just honestly, I, I mean, after you watch this, go on YouTube and watch eighty nine parade. Tommy, final thoughts. Um, Alf was a pretty big part of my life as a kid. Also, um, my I actually forgot to mention my brother had an Alf birthday party when he was three or four. Nice. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. He had the talking elf doll. Oh, the the storytelling one. Another uh, one that you were just squeezing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Hey, no problem. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that was a good impression. Th- thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, hey, Bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his regular Bobcat Goldthwait impression now. No voice here, but um, I like this episode. Um, it also occurred to me that this could be a regular sitcom if they just switched Alf with like an old man from like Europe or something. <laughs> <laughs> so like weird traditions. But this one, if I were given a choice, I would watch this every Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a light watch. Yeah, I'm going to put it in my rotation. This doesn't get as heavy as the Christmas special did, but you've got to hand it to Alf when that show covers stuff like this they always do a good job of walking that line between serious and silly without veering too far in either direction yeah it's almost like a kind of uh a dark comedy at times like yeah it kind of feels like they want to take it seriously but then maybe they just kind of want to make fun of it they they, they do a good job walking the line yes Uh uh-huh Well, thank you all again for spending another Thanksgiving in July with me. It's always an honor. Thank you so much, man. Every time the inbox lights up and I see that it's it's Mike, I'm like, God, I didn't embarrass myself too much last time. (laughs) I I really appreciate it. Yeah, I I know it's a it's always a good time hanging with you guys. And if people want to leave you half a sweet potato pie and an ugly turquoise sweater out by the trash, where can they find you on the Internet? Jamie. 
Oh, thanks for asking. If you're into uh, this kind of stuff and and uh, similar weird nostalgic television things, I've been doing a podcast since 2018 uh, called Forever Bogus Podcast. You can look it up basically anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, we were doing weekly episodes all through the pandemic, so we have a big library for you to check out. Um, but if you like weird Garfield art, check me out on Twitter at Brain Exploder. That's the, that's the main place to find me. If you know my illustration work and you're into it, you could check me out at uh, Monster Manicon in the greater Philadelphia area this summer. Uh, the, the podcast and the Twitter handle are, are fine. Chad. Uh, please don't bring me sweet potato pie because it's disgusting. But if you <laughs> must bring me pumpkin pie, delicious, delicious pumpkin pie, uh, shoot on over to Twitter at Horror Movie Barbecue, uh, Instagram at Horror Movie Barbecue, my Facebook page, which I try my hardest to keep active and it's kind of hard sometimes, but it's facebook.com slash Horror Movie Barbecue and my blog, horrormoviebarbecue.com, celebrating 10 years of Horror Movie Barbecue. I'm not really going to do much. I'm just, I, I think I'm just going to get a, you know, maybe have a big bowl of popcorn or something, but everyone's invited. Sounds to great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, I like popcorn. And Tommy. Hey, I'm on uh, Twitter at the Pop Daddy. I'm on Instagram at the underscore Pop Daddy. I'm on YouTube at Pop Daddy Tom. I try I, uh, do reviews of uh, foods, movies, things like that. And you can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Pop Daddy. Thank you all. And you can find those links in the show notes of this episode. You can find this in every episode of the Advent Calendar House at adventcalendar.house, along with links to all my socials. Well, podcast pals, I've got one last stop this season, and oh, look at that. Two days from now is Scrooge Sunday. Talk to y'all then. For now, for Jamie, Chad, and Tom from my poorly secured garage next to my even more poorly secured kitchen, (laughs) this is Mike Westfall reminding you to watch out for that icy patch. Happy Fappiano, everyone. (laughs) Happy Fappy, guys. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. It's the night before Christmas and Fred's acting funny. He's really distracted and he's obsessed with money. He's wearing strange clothes and he's wearing a wig and everyone suspects his head's much too big. I'm a star. Fred Flintstone. Oh, Fred must be nicer. This lesson he'll learn in our holiday special with surprises at every turn. I've changed. A Flintstone's Christmas Carol.